And welcome to the movie podcast review and reaction of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode three titled Power Broker. Power My Broker. Is- <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. No, it was needed. My name is Daniel and joining me today is Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Hello, everyone. No Shay today, but who's Shay? We don't need him today. Uh, we're today, of course, we're going to be talking about our reaction to everything that happened in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode three. Uh, but first, just want to remind you that we have brand new episodes at the Movie Podcast every single Monday across all your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to be part of the show, if you want to follow us, see what we're up to, make sure you follow us at the Movie Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, don't forget we have reviews throughout the week. Also, if you want to support the show, the best thing you could do is head over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a review, leave us a five-star rating. We're on our way to be uh, to hit 200. We're hoping to do it by September, and your support would mean a lot to us. Anthony, this is the third episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're officially halfway through the series. What are your first reactions to this episode? So, um, out, of, out of all the episodes, this would be the, I would say, the more tamer of the episodes uh, just because it really developed um character driven storylines so we we dive into learning about john walker and his organization we we see a, a lot more of zemo in this episode and how he how he's now part of the team he's kind of like the third amigo of the of the crew <laughs> we learn where sharon carter is we we learn a little bit more about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think that's the biggest one I, I took away from this episode is every episode of a Marvel series just adds a little bit more to this cinematic universe. And we are introduced to Mad Rapport. And Mad Rapport is a huge part of the cinematic universe because it is the seedy underground city where all villains kind of head to. And it's kind of like their own place or their own uh, refuge when they're not committing crimes. So I kind of loved the whole idea of Metaphor and just introducing it into this series really worked. Because Yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. I'm totally with you. You know, like w- when we have a, a, a place like Madripoor, like that's up there with like these with these giant, you know, lo- like mythical locations from the Marvel world, right? Like, like mm-hmm. Wakanda, like, um, um, La- God, La- La- Latveria or La- La- sorry. Yeah. Latveria. I was going to say it was for Dr. Doom. Like there's yeah. a lot of places in the Marvel comics world that, um, stand out and kind of when you introduce them, they're really trying to set up things for down the road. And I'm so yep. glad we finally have Madripoor, um, in, in this world it's great to see it um and you also you mentioned uh, the the foundation i guess that john walker and like the government has set up to you know help people displaced by the blip the global repatriation council uh this episode starts off with a commercial from them so it was a little reminiscent of wandavision as well it's like oh we have a commercial here um and you're kind of just seeing like yeah this is what they're doing to um, to help everybody after uh, everything that's happened in the world. And yes, I, I, I think what you nailed too, Anthony, is that, you know, this episode really is establishing, um, I think, where the show's going to go from here, mm-hmm. right? Um, it was a bit of a slower episode, but I think you needed that to really set up Zemo, which I think we're going to talk, we're going to talk about, and I think stole the show in this episode. Uh, but we also got to see a lot more what's going on with uh, the super soldier serum, where that's coming from. Also, 
um, with, you know, maybe hints to Wakanda's uh, involvement of what's going on in the story. And of course, we're re- being reintroduced to Sharon Carter, who's been, you know, hanging out in Madripoor after, you know, the government kind of has chased her out of the States. Yeah, 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 yeah. And let's start off with let's start off with the uh, GRC. So we we were introduced to this council who is designed to kind of support people who have come um, out of the blimp, the blip, and <laughs> kind of like take care of them and reestablish them into the society. But we kind of learn more about Captain America and his connection to it. They they seem like they're they work together and they are the organization that put that shield on John Walker. Um, and we, we also see John Walker lose it in this episode as well. You can see a little bit of his craziness coming out when, when, uh, when, he, inter- when he invades or not invades, he breaks through um, a, a German uh, strong point for, for, the, um, for the flag smashers. Right. And there's a sequence where... One of the villain, or one of the criminals, looks at Captain America and has no fear in him. No, doesn't even believe he's Captain America and spits in his face. Yeah. You can see John Walker. He's just he had like he was pissed. He didn't want to take care. He didn't want anything to do with with that idea of Captain America. He wanted to be just a soldier that destroys everything, and he wanted it his way or no way. So yeah, you can see the idea of his character kind of ramping up to being this more crazy Captain America. Yeah, exactly that. And, you know, with, you know, with John Walker, like we know, like for, I guess for fans of the comics, you know, that he's a little unstable, right? So now that we're, we're starting to see that in the show and you're like, okay, like, is this guy going to be a good Captain America? He seems like, just like, like, just kind of like a, a jerk with the shields, you know, and he's just uh, whatever means to an end. And now I think when you see him, like when he was uh, visiting the jail, I guess where Zemo was in two, um, you start to see that like they're going to start doing things by their own rules. And I think we're going to start to see a little bit more of an unhinged John Walker going forward as well. Um, something else I loved in this episode, of course, Zemo, uh, you know, at the end of episode two, um, Sam and Bucky decide, yes, we need to go talk to Zemo. And, uh, you know, when we get to the prison, um, Bucky tells Samuel, wait here, you're an Avenger. He hates you. Uh, let me go talk to him. And basically, um, the editing was really clever here. I, I love that it was set up with him going to go talk to Zemo. Um, and then it's also kind of understitched with um, Sam and Bucky talking afterwards where, you know, like, yes, yeah, st- let me let me run through like a hypothetical with you. Right. And it's just like it's kind of cutting back and forth between um, almost almost like a, a reminds me of like an Ocean's Eleven heist or something like that, where uh, like Bucky's just kind of talking it out every step by step of what happened. And uh, Zemo shows up to the location that they're at. And like Sam is just pissed off. hundred um, percent. It was really it was cool seeing that. Really, really cool. I like I just I love Bucky, he's just his demeanor is like hypothetically. What if this all happens, and then it cuts to it actually happening, and then it cuts back to them where you now see Zemo entering. I guess wherever they're they're held up. Um, you learn a lot more about Zemo too. You learn like, yeah, he is a baron. He is rich. He has like this private jet. He has connections, and um, we get to see his mask, which he didn't wear 
at all during Civil War, and he has like the trench coat, so he's very similar to what we see in the comics, right? Um, but there's this there's this approach where he is supporting the team. He's 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 like the the third member of the team, like I said. But there's something sinister about why he's so cooperative that I just like. There's no way he's going to be a goodie in this uh, in this trio. But um, I did like his performance, and Daniel Brühl does a fantastic job playing him. He's so calculating um, with his uh, with his character with this character. Oh yeah, he he's the kind he's the kind of actor that when you, like you love him in every movie that he's in, he always delivers. But also like especially in the role of Zemo, who is this calculated person who's always thinking. You could never really you just know that you can't trust him. Um, and and you, he plays that so well in the show, and you know especially when they're when he's kind of coming up with the plan, he's a master strategist, right? So like when he's coming up with the plan, you know it's like we got to go to Madripoor, we got to go uh, kind of schmooze with some people to kind of try and get some information. Um, it was just, it's just a, such a fun sequence seeing all mm-hmm. that, and, you know, seeing you know Bucky kind of playing you know the classic Winter Soldier himself with like you know with zemo kind of controlling him and you know sam playing was it like smiling tiger or something like that yes it was such a it was just it was just a fun sequence uh learning like kind of like just seeing like yes there is this seedy underbelly here where you know it's a nightclub but there's also real art pieces in this place because of course um that's where the real ones are. Everything else in the museums is fake. And uh, it's it just cool. It was just cool. Like getting all of this, these new worlds that we haven't really seen in a Marvel movie before. Um, and now that they're introduced, hopefully we're going to see them again because like that's, it was just such a cool sequence. Yeah. We also see probably the best sequence Zemo dancing. And that's something I did not expect to see ever in my lifetime. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Honestly, like you could just tell that, um, they had such a fun time making the show. And I think, you know, like because the MCU, again, we always say the MCU is so such an, uh, an amazing place that, you know, if, if Zemo had his mask, I think in Civil War, we would have been like, oh, that's a little uh, that's a little interesting that he's decided to wear a mask. But because like he's already an established character and he has this mask and he puts it on, it's just it just works like you never look at it and be like, oh, that's strange. It just works as part of his costume. and it's really cool and i and i love like what you were saying anthony that you know that zemo is like this he's basically royalty he has like so much money like and with people like that once they break out of prison it's like he could just go back to the way he was living pretty much and be protected yeah yeah um out of there obviously there's a huge action uh action sequence that happens um we're also introduced to sharon carter um who i feel like the show is kind of leaning towards being the power broker uh, what do you think about that, Anthony? I, I I believe you're right. I'm not, you know, I don't want to put theories out there because last time my theories were completely. It's she's know, also Mephisto. She's also Mephisto. But just the way they pre- she's presented in this episode, she's been in Madripoor for a bit. She has this art gallery with all real art. She's kind of almost like a, like a, 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 some sort of lord there that has some sort of connections or pull in Madripoor. But, and even her demeanor, she's kind of given up on the whole agent thing. She's like, yeah, I don't, everything about the shield is hypocrisy. No one, everyone left me here to kind of rot. So I just took care of myself type of thing. So she has that demeanor. So it seems like she is a power broker. 
but she is also an agent, so she could be a double agent. You know, she's right. Agent 13. She is Sharon Carter. She's a huge part of the Marvel Universe. I just, if she is a villain, or maybe she's just pretending to be a villain to get more information to something bigger that we're not shown. Maybe, yeah. And then also, like, you know, she's also said to us, like, you know, she can't go home. The minute she steps foot in the state, she'd be arrested. And, you know, Sam and uh, well, Sam offers her, like, listen, you help us and I'll get you cleared to come home. Um, so they kind of forge an unlikely bond again. So now it's the four of them, you know, investigating the super soldier serum and where it's coming from. And they realize that this guy was able to recreate it. And then Zemo kills him, of course, because Zemo <laughs> hates anybody who can make people uh, basically super soldiers in this world right. or make them like have that power, right? And you know he kills him. Chaos ensues. A lot of fighting is happening, um, and it, it just, it just again, I'm watching this like man, like this is a this is a technically a TV show, but man, like this is just like movie quality throughout. Yeah. And the, the relation, like, just Captain, so there's a sequence where during the, um, after the, the bombing, the explosion at the super soldier compound, there's a, there's a sequence with um, Falcon and Bucky, and they're arguing while they're being, you know, shot at about which way to go, which yeah. way to get out of this, this mess. And it's just funny. It's like, they throw in these, these comedic points during random sequences just to show that their relationship of this buddy buddy is not, it's just funny. It's, it's so good. Um, one thing I really liked about this episode is Carly Morgenthau. Morgenthau, Flag, yeah. Flag Smasher and how dark it got for her. Cause you know, you see her, she loses her mom. who's a big part of her life. And She's she takes over a compound that has been kind of like holding food for hot for for refugees of sorts, and she f she kills people because that's the only and her her exact line was that's the only way they'll learn. Right. And I'm like, man, this innocent person that you kind of related to and you had like some sort of empathy for it has now become very dark and very sinister with her actions and it, even her. Her partners are like, wow, I didn't, there were like live people in this building you just, ex you know, bombed. And she's like, this is the only way. And I'm like, damn, she is, she's lost all empathy. And at this point, she's now very similar to Zemo's character. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, with her, like they, they give her like a, a backstory and you, you kind of just, you you empathize for for like the loss she goes through and then you're like seeing the actual work that she's doing and, and makes you conflicted right because at mm -hmm. the end of the day like the work they're doing is almost like robin hood-esque work you know like steal from uh these facilities and like give it to the give to their people or give to those who need it um it's just very uh it's just a very interesting position like i'm I'm really curious to see what their our next face off or what the flag smashers what our opinions are going to be them by the end of this show um you know as we're as the episode is ending sam and bucky and zemo um head to uh my goodness why am i blanking where they went to at the end of the episode 
Did they go back? Did they go to Lat- uh, Latvia? Yes, they're in Latvia. Regal. Regal yeah. I believe. Yes, and uh, they were going to go talk to. They were going to go talk to somebody there. Um, but you know, Bucky's kind of gets this like you know this feeling like, hey, maybe I should uh, wait. Maybe should I we should wait a little bit and see what's going on. Um, and as Sam and Bucky go inside, uh, you know, he finds like a an accor- um, Oh my goodness, why am I blanking? On- on the name from Black Panther of the uh, beads. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know what they're called. But they're basically oh, like little, like I guess, balls. Kamoyo beads. That's Kamoyo it. Beads. Kamoyo beads. Yeah, he finds like a Kamoyo bead, which again, we've known are like a piece of technology. Obviously, you know, like that the Chala wears and uh, we find one on the ground or just like pretty much all, everyone in Wakanda was wearing it in Black Panther. Um, you know, there is a Kamoyo bead on the ground. Bucky finds it, picks it up, and is following it. Um, and then we see uh, Io, who we haven't seen since. Uh, I think she was in. Was she in the Infinity? Was she in Infinity War or Endgame at all? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think yeah, I don't. I don't I believe think it was we just saw Black her. Panther. Yeah, it was Black. It was Black Panther and Civil War. We saw her in right. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was. She was in Infinity War. She was in Infinity War. Oh, sure. Um, but it's it's just interesting because I'm like I'm like oh we're seeing Io here okay and like you would think like oh would why wouldn't it be somebody else in the in the you know in the in, in from Black Panther but I mean I think it makes perfect sense for it to be her because you know she was established already knowing what's going on because she was in Civil War with T'Challa here like in the in in the states and in Europe and everything um and also they're probably still figuring out what's happening in Black Panther right before they start shooting so doesn't make we wouldn't see one of those characters but it was cool seeing her what did you think of kind of seeing a Wakandan presence in this episode Anthony I I was shocked I wasn't shocked but I I I loved it because it's now bringing in an element of the story that is leading back to civil war because it seems like she's there for some sort of revenge for their king's death. And I just, that's what, that's why I love about love about the Marvel cinematic universe is just tying stories that took place, you know, four years ago back to present because, you know, we got Zemo coming out, we got Bucky. He's, he's, you know, he's been living in Wakanda for a good chunk of time during um that infinity war saga so it just makes sense and it's just now you're making this story that started very small and now become grander and bucky seems like he's going to be the middleman between uh wakanda getting the revenge on zemo and you know bucky figuring out who has his super soldier serum yeah honestly it's i'm I'm so excited to see where the series goes from here of course this is only how we're only halfway through it um you know i'm at the point where i'm like the episode ends i'm like man i don't want to wait another week for it but um it's just again it's so nice having things to look forward to and um any final thoughts on this episode anthony before we wrap up no i just i really liked it i i loved how it established certain marvel marvel elements in it and i can't wait to see what episode four brings Honestly, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, the direction from Carrie Skoglin and the writing from Malkin Spellman have been just fantastic throughout. You know, we're, we're officially halfway through it. And um, I just can't wait to see where it goes from here. And again, it's just another indicator that just Marvel is just knocking it out of the park constantly um, with the stories they're telling and for the respect they have for their characters. So it's awesome to see. Um, of course, we will be back next week with our another review and weekly recap of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Of course, uh, just a reminder, no episode this coming Monday. 
uh, just because we're taking a break for the Easter weekend and my birthday weekend. Uh, happy birthday to me. Um, but uh, we will have some reviews dropping on the movie podcast feed next week. So make sure you're tuned into our feed for that. Of course, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the movie podcast. And don't forget to give us five stars if you like what we're doing. Uh, thank you so much for listening. That was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.